Hello, welcome to Winter Dogs Bagpipe and History Podcast, the weekly show where I explore the likely repertoire of 18th and early 19th century bagpipers using historic music collections, written for bagpipes or not, uh, and played on illin pipes, highland pipes, and whistles. Let's hear some tunes. So let's get going. Uh, this week's episode is going to be a bit sh- more chippy than last one. Man, I listened back to last episode and depressed myself. Uh, so I'm getting this one recorded a little bit uh, early so I don't have the dread um, chasing me. Uh, but this week's episodes, or uh, tunes rather, are going to feature kind of the, the one tune we're taking several cracks at is known variously as uh, The Lasses, Bushes, Brawly, or clearly the best title of a tune ever, Lasses, Pisses, Brandy, um, or as it's known also in like Highland Bagpipe Repertoire, William Roy's Loom House. Apart from those tunes, uh, or those different settings, I'm also going to play it on Practice Channer, the name it's probably most famously known amongst Highland Pipers, and that's Maggie Cameron, kind of a pretty standard, uh, not standard, but pretty common competitions for SBA. And I'll play kind of a random setting that I still have floating around from bagpipe band days, and then also play through James Scott Skinner's uh, fiddle setting for it. So we're going to hear those three tunes, uh, including one from a new collection uh, from William Vicker, who is, I think, a Northumberland manuscript collection. I might be wrong about that. It might just be Northeast England generally. Um, but that's where we get Lasses, Pisses, Brandy. Uh, and then we're going to hear a tune from O'Farrell, and it's actually one of the tunes that O'Farrell wrote himself. So this is something I've been thinking of doing, but uh, all of O'Farrell's self-road tunes are pretty dang hard, and uh, take advantage of some high notes that I had a hard time reaching until like three weeks ago when I realized there's an alternate fingering and I don't need keys to get up to those notes. So we'll listen to the Waterford Waltz, and then we'll go out with uh, another one of those Scottish dance tunes from Bremner. Uh, this one's called The Lady's Breast Knot. So a good... Um, good bit of tunes there is what i'm thinking so um yeah like i said listen back to last week's episode and uh i was shocked at how sad it all was um things have actively gotten worse here uh since that episode but i'm not as sad about it so that's good my fears about uh not piping much or not having enough time to haven't come to fruition yet but i haven't had to grade anything yet but uh, so that'll that might change. But at this point, I again have another episode's worth of tunes in the can. Um, I think so. We'll kind of hold off. I think what I'm going to do is just uh, kind of get what I think is a good amount of tunes for an episode, and then record it. And then if I'm short on time, I'll just read a poem or a ballad, and that's just what we'll call it. It'll be like extra credit filler time. Um, and I might not read until I get to a full 30 minutes or anything, but it'll be a nice perk. I think it'll be a perk to hear a story from the 18th century. Um, if uh, I don't feel like I have enough tunes to put out a full episode. So that's my plan. Um, 
Last week was pretty interesting. If you downloaded the episode right away, kind of in the early morning um, Iowa time on Saturday or in the evening, like after midnight, um, you got like one version of the podcast, and then I added a couple minutes of me talking um, into it and re-released it at like 10 a.m. or something. Um, and it was funny. It was sort of a, you know, this my concern or using songs that I interpreted as kind of being about violence as a way to talk about women's history or, or something of that sort. Uh, I think there's a big part of it that's like just my naivety or um, lack of literacy in Scott's language. And it just feels too perfect um, that that's what happened. I don't know if anybody has seen the news uh, of Scott's language a couple, I guess maybe a week ago now, where it turns out that the Scots language version of Wikipedia was being edited like more, like almost half of the edits on the Scots language Wikipedia were being done by somebody that started when they were 12 in North Carolina. Uh, so an American that made edits uh, for seven years, kind of without speaking Scots or being from Scotland and just kind of taking a stab at it is sort of my understanding. So it would make sense that I would kind of mistake whip her and gird her as having some pretty negative connotations it seems like you know looking at the scots language dictionary that it just is full-on sexual innuendo um in in scots as well anyway let's get started with uh lasses bushes brawley this is another tune setting from uh, william dixon
So, uh, yeah, once again, um, like all credit for basically anytime I'm doing a border pipe tune. So the way this works now, I play a tune and I type it in a tune archive, see where it leads to like find other versions of it. So like a lot of this legwork of this podcast is done by the good folks at Tune Archive, which I think the website used to be known as Fiddler's Fake Book or Fiddler's Handbook. Fiddler's Companion, sorry, that's what it was called. Um, <clears throat> but these border pipe tunes, like, so far most of the border pipe tunes I've been playing have come out of uh, the Master Piper, Nine Notes That Shook the World, um, which is uh, Matt Seattle's transcription of William Dixon's tune book. And Matt has done a really good job of, like, already doing that legwork for me, so I can search alternate names and kind of titles to find those things. So, well, once again, uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that work. <laughs> Just keep on using this book and loving it. Um, and so kind of Matt's description led me to seek out um, Lass's Pissing Brandy. Lass's Pisses Brandy, I think is what it's called. I'm kind of disappointed. I found um, I found an archive called uh, Folk Archive Resource Northeast or farnarchived.com. And I saved a link to the page of the tune, uh, Lass's Pisses Brandy, but it's like, I'm a little nervous. I'm having a hard time finding it again. Like, my link was broken. So I don't know that I'll be able to link it in the show notes, but I'll link to Farn anyway. But you have to do some digging, because a bit of a description here. And I feel goofy, because I recorded this on, like, fake Northumberland pipes. Uh, but that's what you're going to get, because <laughs> I don't have Northumberland pipes as much as I want them, or Northumbrian pipes. Um, so yeah, the kind of little description of the tune says that this title always raises a snigger, but probably it simply means boozes rather than pisses. Uh, this tune was popular on both sides of the border and had a variety of titles mostly relating to drink. Um, in Scotland, earlier and more honest, Lass's Drink at Brandy was replaced with the more genteel Lass's Likes Nay Brandy, and the tune continues to be known under this name today. So I didn't... Uh, didn't play i didn't look for uh lasses like nay brandy because what's the fun in that so um we're gonna get this dirtier version um so this is a fine border pipe tune i'm kind of i mean i know there's a bit of a debate about what do you call border pipes lowland pipes um but i feel like northumbrian pipes are pretty well established that that's what those are but that might also be up for debate of if that's a border pipe or not but um i recorded this before kind of reading the century that described this as a border pipe tune so I wanted to kind of mimic that Northumbrian pipe sound. I love the the like cylindrical bore poppity sound you get out of Northumbrian pipes. And my little tiny D chanter for my small pipes, I can do that with just about. I can do the closed fingering and get some cool poppity sounds. So I just kind of circularly breathed and played it on the chanter and then added kind of a drone track behind it. I'm not sure that it really translates terribly well but uh, here is a, a quick rendition of my take on William Vickers um, manuscripts copy of Lass's Pisses Brandy this Vickers manuscript is huge um, and I I don't know I think we'll, we might hear some more out of it but uh, apparently it's like 500, 580 tunes survived out of this manuscript from 1770-ish 72 um, and they're just mostly dance tunes from um yeah, northeast of England or Northumbria. So pretty cool stuff. Um, some good tunes in there. Might revisit it. Might not. There's a lot of... It just turns out there's so much... 
so much music out there. So many collections. I don't know. Is this new? Like, has, there, has this always been the case? Um, or is the internet just making everything feel um, like it's available and just vast? Anyway, I like it. It's the reality. I like how much music there is for me to choose from. And, uh, yeah, without further ado, here is my take of uh, William Vickers' interpretation of Lass's Pisses Brandy. You know, if you're bothered by me faking the sound of Northumbrian small pipes, you could just buy me Northumbrian small pipes and send them here. I'll play them, and I'll even thank you. So, just an idea, if, this does, if you don't like this. Short and sweet, um, good tune. Well, I don't know, fast, fast tune. Maybe I played that too fast. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> you know, speaking of thanking people for sending me bagpipes, I owe some other people thanks. Um, you know, it has been frustrating for me since launching this podcast. Uh, you know, I don't. I hear from folks on Instagram a fair amount, and that cheers me up. But uh, we've been kind of saddled with the same. Um, podcast reviews since you know a decade ago and then this one person giving me a one star because uh whatever but since last episode two new reviews have posted and this really make me happy so thank you all um this review comes from narfas uh i think i'm pronouncing that right but uh says great historical resource for tune learning new to listening but already impressed by the quality of the content of a given episode Interesting historical background, as well as demonstrations of different tunes on various pipes. Look forward to listening to more in the future. Thank you, Narfas. Um, Yeah, it just really picks me up. Makes me feel good. And hopefully, after you've listened to the whole back catalog, uh, you will still like the show. Uh, And then the other review uh, comes from Boulanger. Uh, 3000 Mythbuster always something new to learn uh, but to find out that Amazing Grace has only been a standard piping tune for 50 years changes my perception of so many funerals fantastic blend of personal journey international history and piping details accessible to anyone just good y'all it's good Um, like partially I'm doing this podcast like it's become a bit of an addiction or habit at this point but like want to make other people's day better and because uh, there's a lot of things making people's days worse uh, constantly now and uh, these reviews made my day super better so thank you all for leaving reviews and if you haven't left a review yet feel free to head on over to Apple's podcasts or iTunes and you can leave a review there um, and I'd appreciate it Anyway, uh, so another new collection, maybe? I'm not sure if I've actually had a tune from William Gunn's collection or not yet. Uh, I've definitely played some stuff out of Gunn's collection. 
and recorded it, but I've got so many weird random things recorded. Um, this is another one that I don't think I would have been able to find without Matt, so he mentioned that an alternate title for the tune is William Roy's Loom House, and it's in Gunn's collection. Uh, Gunn's collection of Caledonian music adapted for the pipes, or bagpipes, is a little bit goofy. I, I couldn't find a good archive collection, so it's another one of those uh, where the, the notes are just linked to the Cole Sean website, so it's a PDF download, but then you'll have the tune if you want to learn it. Um, yeah, so this is uh, William Gunn's version, or, or, or tune. Uh, William Gunn's collection is published right around the time of uh, Angus Mackay's Piper Assistant, so like the 1840s or 50s, I think is when this is published. But obviously we've established that this tune has roots going back to the 1730s with William Dixon's manuscript, if not earlier. So um, to me, this feels like another good example of like a tune that has some damn legs and has been around for a while. But uh, here is Gunn's setting roughly for uh, William Roy's Loom House. that's been around a while um okay and then the another thing that matt suggests in the william dixon book that is a descendant of um laddie uh, lassie's drinking brandy or drinking old brandy or pisses brandy is maggie cameron um and uh, he calls it heavily disguised as a pipe competition stress bay and I don't know, at first I didn't hear it, and then, you know, after playing it a little bit, I kind of do hear it, um, but it's exposing, so I've always been a bit afraid of playing stress bays. I feel like I get the emphasis on the dotting and, uh, and cutting a little bit wrong. I was thinking about taking a Piper Dojo class about it, and that kind of fell through. But, uh, and then, I don't know, I was just looking around at different Maggie Cameron settings, and now I'm seeing that there's a reason I'm confused, I think. Um, James Scott Skinner is sort of a famous Scottish fiddle player and stress bay composer, and I found his setting for Maggie Cameron. And again, I'll, I'll have a link to the description, but this is how, uh, this is how James Scott Skinner writes it. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so there's that setting um, from a fiddler. And on James Scott Skinner's music, he calls it a pipe strass bay. Uh, and then this is just like the sheet music that I have floating around from pipe band days for Maggie Cameron. And the dotting and cutting is different. So maybe I'm, the reason I'm confused about dotting and cutting on strass bays and two fours is that it is kind of written differently. So here's kind of the more standard bagpipe setting. So some errors in there, um, but yeah, the dotting and cutting is different. Uh, it's really different. So like, again, uh, James Scott Skinner's is this, and Highland piping is. So it's uh, yeah, different. I don't know. Got to figure the stress based stuff out, uh, and uh, play them better, <laughs> play them more, I guess. Uh, anyway, so that is it for uh, Lass's drinking brandy. Um, please take the fact that I'm playing Maggie Cameron on Practice Channel to indicate how much time I put into it. Like, there's better versions of Maggie Cameron out there, but just some interesting um, developments there. So, anyway, moving on. So this podcast has, has clearly morphed over the last couple of months, um, but it really started um, as an excuse for me to play Donald McDonald tunes, Angus Mackay tunes, and an occasional O'Farrell tune, and then kind of became mostly an O'Farrell uh, pipecast for a while, and now we're all over the place since I figured out Tune Archive exists. Um, O'Farrell is pretty cool, uh, and his tune collection is vast, his pocket companion, and I finally learned a tune that he wrote, I think. Uh, in his book, he just has it attributed to Farrell rather than O'Farrell, so I guess it could be his dad rather than himself, but I think it's him. Um, it's called The Waterford Waltz, and I just love it. It's a really cool little tune. Uh, and its I think it speaks to the state of Illin piping during O'Farrell's day. Like, pastoral piping was all about showing off that you could get all these high notes and kind of have a wide range. And so the Waterford Waltz does that. It goes up to the high D just to, you know, then it, it just goes up to the high D and just like, yeah, no, we're doing this. You know, that's what we do. Um, and I was kind of looking at the tutor that O'Farrell wrote for Union Pipes, not his pocket companion, but the tutor. I still haven't been able to get a hold of Pat Sky to try to buy uh, his transcription of it. And so I still don't know what tunes are in it, but uh, Bill Hanneman has a link to the tutor part um, in on his website. So I was reading that and 
like he has the same exact fingering for high D as you know just second octave D, and same thing for high C and. I don't know. I mean, my, my channer isn't set up that way. And only recently I figured out I could play high C and D and have it be kind of remotely in tune. It's kind of the goofiest thing. I was searching around for a fingering chart and it like popped up. It was some Rousem fingering chart that was attached to a kind of sketchy eBay sale of like a Pakistani made villain pipe. But Hey, the fingering chart worked. And all of a sudden I figured out I could play high C and high D without having a key there. Uh, and so it's really, I've been monkeying around with that a little bit and kind of owe a big uh, thanks to Drew again, uh, just a buddy on Instagram who asked me to play the fairy's hornpipe or whatever. It's this tune that Liam O'Flynn kind of made. I feel like Liam O'Flynn made it famous. Maybe somebody else did first, but that was my first encounter with it. And Drew was like, hey, can you play the, the fairy's hornpipe by or the Queen Fairy, Queen of the Fairies by uh, Limo Flynn. And I just told him, no, like, no, I can't play that. Lim I think you need to have some pretty tip-top shaped pipes to do that and really know what you're doing. Um, and sort of the same thing, Drew's the reason that I played Downfall of Paris too. Like, well, I guess if you asked, I should figure it out. Um, anyway, so figured out this, uh, how to get these high C's and D's, and now I've been looking at... Uh, O'Farrell stuff again. So played a lot of O'Farrell tunes on this podcast. As far as I know, this is the first one that was actually composed by him or somebody in his family. So, and to me, it, it really kind of speaks to that pastoral pipe tradition that was still common enough uh, in 1790s or 1800 London where he was performing. So here is the Waterford Waltz. Thank you. 
and I really like that tune. Uh, it's just great. Um, yeah, so I had, uh, I, I'm still a little sore. I, I think to learn Waterford Waltz on some other tunes that I was working on this week, I, I think I played like six hours straight in 24 hours, and I've got sore muscles and my shoulders and my neck. Um, kind of part of the problem last Sunday, I watched the Southern California uh, Ellen Piper's Club meeting where they had Mick O'Brien come in. Uh, and so now I've watched uh, Black Hill Connell, David Powers, and Mick O'Brien. And I think this weekend is uh, Tim Britton, so that'll be good. It'll be a, the first Piper that I'll watch on there that I've actually met, uh, so that'll be good. But uh, anyway, Mick was saying, you know, maintenance, do it. <laughs> it's good to make sure that your instrument is still working. And uh, the guy that made my pipes, Dave Bovier, definitely has poked a serious amount of fun at me for how dirty my pipes are. And so I just did it. I just I fixed them up. And uh, I didn't, like, bring out brass or anything, but I polished them up with a uh, jeweler's cloth and kind of wiped out some dusty bits and uh i like to call it polished tarnish is what it seems like it is now it's not clean it's still tarnished but it's polished tarnish um but every time i see my own pipes it's like i have a new instrument um and then rehemping all the joints holy crap i didn't realize how much air i was losing so i've just been really keen to play but yeah my body has been aching now <laughs> because of it all right so uh that's enough tunes for an episode that's for dang sure uh, so I'm going to go out with another one of these Scottish dance tunes. I realized kind of during that um, music program and kind of something that a friend of mine, James Keel, said years ago. I was really impressed with his um, program on 18th century music and just how much, you know, in the 18th century, most people, like the musician they heard the most was just themselves humming um, if they weren't a musician. And so, like, that's that's the music you get to carry with you. You know, you don't have an iPod, and you generally can't afford a bard to follow you around. So that means the music you consume the most is what you hear. And I've realized that's one of the reasons I really like these dance tunes, is they are catchy and kind of quick. And uh, I've been playing around with, and, and have kind of used this term before, that I, I'm trying to think of 18th century earworms, like the tunes that would just get stuck in your head and you know, dance tunes that are short and repeated for 10 minutes at a crack for people to dance to, I think are a good uh, possible candidate for that. So anyway, we'll go out with me playing a tune on low whistle. Uh, this one is from Bremner's collection of Scottish dance reels. It's called The Lady's Breast Knot. Uh, just a fun little tune. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, be sure to leave a, or subscribe, all that kind of jazz. Leave a review if you haven't yet. Uh, tell your friends that might be interested in this about it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Because once again, I've got a tune's worth of, or an episode's worth of tunes recorded. Uh, next Friday, my grading hell begins, though. So we'll see how the week after that goes. Uh, things might change. Ominous. Uh, anyway, cheers. Be safe. <laughs>